0: This is the Blaze Radio on demand.
1: Yeah, I know. Hang on a second. I think there's someone following me. Yeah, I have my boat right here. I'll be safe. Be back.
2: Don't be a victim to a would-be attacker. Carry the Taser Bolt and stay safe. With one simple tap of the button, the Taser Bolt delivers a powerful continuous 30-second volt of electricity without requiring you to hold down or touch the device, giving you time to take your attacker down and escape safely. Taser International will even replace your bolt upon sending them a copy of the police report free of charge. Get it now at PJSafety.com. While you're there, explore our family of non-lethal personal defense products to increase your defense capability and safety. Be proactive and get to PJsafety.com and choose from thousands of easy-to-use personal defense products right now. Tasers, stun guns, sprays, security alarms, and more. PJsafety.com. That website again, PJsafety.com. Your safety begins at PJsafety.com.
1: This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: How many of you know what politics really is? Welcome to the program. Now, don't get all technical on me. I know what the technical definition of politics is. Here's one. The practice or profession of conducting political affairs. But Throw that one away for a minute. I'm, I'm testing my listening audience. Do you really know what politics is? in its purest form? Here's the answer. Politics is the art of creating an illusion. That's what it truly is. And if you're going to be good at politics, you must be adept in using propaganda. Now you've heard me talk about propaganda on this program. And not in the pejorative sense. Propaganda is about creating an image. And getting people to be convinced that what you're saying is true. I'll give you an example. A product. Take a laundry detergent. Whatever one you want. When they want to grab your attention, what do they stamp on the front of it? New and improved. The leading laundry detergent. It grabs your attention and it causes you to look. And it creates this image in your mind that this laundry detergent will do a better job of cleaning clothes than any other laundry detergent. And people are susceptible to that because they want the best, right? People want their clothes, their colors the brightest, their whites really white. They don't want a residue, they don't want their clothes to fade. They don't really know if this is true, but it's advertised as such. Madison Avenue understands what creating an image and the use of propaganda is. They use it to sell products and merchandise. Well, politicians use it to create an illusion. You know, propaganda goes all the way back to when the military was using it to convince the American people that we had to go to war. So it's not a pejorative. It's a sales job. And once the world wars ended, what happened? Many of these people who were involved in the propaganda movement at that time went back into the private sector and realized there was a use for this tool. Propaganda. In sales. The best car. The number one selling something or other. And we believe it. It's not that we shouldn't believe it. But if you're not a critical thinker, if you don't peel back layers, if you don't drill down into the surface of something that somebody's trying to tell you, You're probably going to believe it. You know who's great at this? Liberal, Democrat politicians and liberals in general. They are great at it. The use of propaganda to convince and to sway the masses. Not only their base, their base is easy to, these non-thinkers are easy to to, to convince. But the general public at large was not really caught up in the political scene. But they pay attention to what's going on. And the Democrats and Liberals know those are the people you have to reach. Those are the people you have to convince. Those are the people you have to get on your side in support of whatever you're trying to sell. And that's what this that's what politics is politics is. It's a sales job. We want to sell our side, our position, what we believe policy should look like and be. We want to sell this at large and get the overwhelming majority of people in the United States to get behind and say, yeah, we kind of like this, this policy or these policies. That's how they got to gay marriage. That took a long, long time. And they're patient with it and they know this. So if you're not good at creating an illusion if you're not good with the use of propaganda, you're not going to do well. And that's where the GOP comes in. They are horrible at it. They are all thumbs. They come out with their charts and their graphs and their data and their, uh, you know, their, their, their figures and, and, and try to sell it that way. People aren't impressed by that. The Democrats just give them a lie. Oh, this uh, treatment and rehabilitation uh, program is successful in other areas. There's no data in that. They don't use data. They create an illusion. They use propaganda. And that's why we're at this state in the country now with the culture war. That's why we're getting our asses handed to us, we conservatives and, and, and Republicans. We're getting our asses handed to us because our side is not good. They're not even good. They're not even decent at the use of propaganda. Creating a narrative, the hell with the logic. People can figure that out. This leads me into this bathroom controversy. I cannot believe in the United States of America, in the Year 2016, think of what this country has survived. Think of what this country has done technologically. Created the computer, created that smartphone, created the cloud, all of these scientific advances in medicine. Think about this. And now we can't figure out which bathroom to use? I mean, are you kidding me? We are actually having national conversations on news networks that, that they call themselves serious about which bathroom we should use. I know what bathroom to use. It's the one that says M-E-N on it, or it's the one that has the figure for people who can't spell the outline of a man. And I know the other bathroom says W-O-M-E-N and it has the symbol of someone wearing a dress. It's for women. And I've never in my life had any confusion about which bathroom to use. We have standards of order, decorum, and decency in this country, and society gets to set standards. There's certain places we consider private, and we want to keep the gender separate. It's why even at home we might share a bathroom, when we go in and we close the door for privacy. Well, there's no privacy in a public bathroom that has multiple users. So why are we getting this shoved down our throats? We ought to tell these people, get lost. You are, you are 0.3% of the population. We don't create major public policy in the United States for 0.3% of the population. We call it an outlier, and we don't do it. Look, if you want to change your gender, gender and self-identify as a woman, or if you want to change your gender, gender and self-identify as a man, Well, you you don't get to then set the pace. What were you born as? We get to do this. This is crazy, ladies and gentlemen. We have lost our minds. This is going to lead me into another area of creating an illusion coming up.
1: The Blaze Radio Network, on demand. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. Find more on demand at theblaze.com slash radio
2: don't miss the morning blaze with doc and skip while the baby-faced bozo faced off with the guard the big mama tried to make off with the goods which began a battle between three thieves and two employees in the parking lot cops were called and the hamptons were taken to the broward county jail where they were hit with multiple theft and battery charges coming up be kind rewind and don't hit someone with a vcr
0: The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday mornings, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: David Clark, the People's Sheriff.
0: So in all this controversy about which bathroom to use, I mean, this is mind-boggling just to even have to say that. You have states that have to create laws now. And you have businesses that are, it's costing them tens of thousands of dollars to restructure their building to accommodate some of this nonsense. And see what this movement, now that the gay marriage debate has somewhat been settled, there's this need to push further by the left. And so now it's in the area of transvestites. Yes, I said transvestites. I'll decide what language to use. I don't believe in cleansing language to make it more palatable. You heard me read an article about this and... and. You know, this was a behavior that at one time was considered outside the norm. And now it's like, what, just supposed to be accepted as normal? This isn't normal. Why are we kidding ourselves? I know you're not kidding yourself. Well, why do we dance around this stuff? We're afraid we might touch a nerve or say the wrong thing, or we might be the next one that's under an assault by the, the totalitarian bigoted left. Because we see this differently. I'm not asking anybody, and I don't do it, discriminate against somebody who decides to engage in that marginal lifestyle. And it is on the margins. I said 0.3% of the population. But I get to do that in our democratic state, the United States of America. Free expression in the public square, in the public domain. Free to express yourselves. And if it gets too ugly or mean or whatever, society will let you know, hey, that's about enough, pal. That's a bridge too far. But not just for some simple difference of opinion. We get to do that, and I'm going to continue to maintain it. And I would suggest that you do the same, and I would suggest that we band together to push back against this nonsense. There's nothing wrong with the law in North Carolina on which bathroom to use. We never needed a law before. You know, that was just societal standards. Well, this is all part of that modern liberalism. It's conduct without borders. You heard me, and you'll continue to hear me to quote and and to recite from Judge Robert Borg's book, Slouching Toward Gomorrah. It talks about, the subtitle is, is American Decline. That's what we're witnessing. He wrote that book. 25 years ago, he predicted this. This wasn't hard to predict, that if we continue to let standards slip and allow all and any conduct to be part of the norm, we were going to be in big trouble, where here we are in the year 2016. 2016. then you have the NBA threatening North Carolina. They're going to pull the all-star game out if they don't change that law or get rid of it. If I were the governor of North Carolina, I would tell the NBA to go to hell. Get your game out of here. Get it out of here. We don't want it. It's a one-day event anyway. And don't give me this millions of dollars will be lost and I mean, what are you willing to sell your soul for? So they created this illusion now about transvestites, the left. This is normal behavior. No, it's not. And no one is suggesting that a ban be put on all bathrooms for transvestites. Nobody's saying that. I mean, one company went as far as to say, "You know, we got a we have we have a third bathroom. It's called family, and they can use that one." That wasn't good enough. You know why? It's never good enough for the left. They want total capitulation on everything, or they will destroy you. And we fall down on our knees and we cower and we acquiesce, as Robert Bork said. His words. We complain for a little while, and then we acquiesce. And that's what we do. You've heard me say this before, and I'll say it again. This culture war has got to be fought, and it's got to be won for the republic and for societal standards of conduct. I mean, we all thought that after gay marriage, well, you know, there's no place else for them to go. You thought that. I didn't. You know what I said at the time? You know what the next domain to be conquered for the left is? Pedophilia. They're going to want pedophilia to be acceptable conduct. You can laugh now. People laughed 25 years ago at the thought of gay marriage, oh yeah, right, we'll never know that. that, They'll never. Pedophilia. Write it down. I said it today. Because there's not many more boundaries or prohibitions for the left to conquer. That's why they're under this transvestite thing, because that's, you know, a, a new one. They need a new thing to hold up Abortion was, was the first one. That was the first one. And then it wasn't just abortion anymore. Once the Supreme Court and Roe v. Wade approved abortion, we probably thought, well, you know, that's probably as far as they can go. Then it became partial birth abortion. You have Democrats You have the left, and I don't mean the fringes of the left, supporting the practice of pulling a perfectly normal and live fetus halfway out of the womb and then killing it, but leaving its feet in there so you consider it inside the womb. Do you know how sick that is? And you would you you you'll sit up here today and hear Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Harry Reid and Barack Obama and Mrs. Bill Clinton support that practice as decent as a choice. There was abortion in the womb wasn't enough for these people, and now cutting up baby parts. And harvesting baby parts to sell on the open market under the guise of research is what they push for. See, it doesn't stop, and that's why I said pedophilia is the next hurdle to conquer for the left. It's coming, ladies and gentlemen. It's coming right after this transvestite war. Because you think, well, there's nothing else left. Yes, there is. It's pedophilia. Acceptance by the left of pedophilia. These people are sick.
1: You're listening to David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. Buck Sexton.
2: Transparency is the enemy of special interests. Transparency is the enemy of collusion. It is the enemy of corruption. This is why we use this word and we talk about how transparency is necessary in a free society and tax code as clear as filthy mud
1: buck sexton weekdays noon to 3 p.m eastern on the blaze radio network you're listening to david clark the people's sheriff
0: So I started out the program talking about politics is really about creating an illusion. An illusion was created over this which bathroom to use. Here's another one. I'm going to read this to you. This is Senate Resolution 422, the 114th Congress, second session, dated April 13th, 2016, in the United States Senate. This thing was put together by Senators Grassley, Leahy, Schumer, Hatch, Toomey, Sessions, and Feinstein, submitted the following resolution, which was considered and agreed to. Here's the resolution. Supporting the mission and goals of 2016 National Crime Victims' Rights Week, which include increasing public awareness of the rights, needs, concerns of, and services available to assist victims and survivors of crime in the United States. Whereas individuals in the United States are the victims of more than 20 million crimes each year. Whereas crime can touch the lives of anyone, irrespective of age, race, national origin, religion, or gender. Whereas a just society, remember that, a just society acknowledges the impact of crime on individuals, families, schools, and communities By number one, protecting the rights of crime victims and survivors. And number two, ensuring that resources and services are available to help rebuild the lives of these victims and survivors. Whereas, as of 2008, the most conservative estimate for the economic cost of violent and property crimes in the United States was $17 billion per year. Ladies and gentlemen, that's very low. But let's just stick with that one for, you know, for, for the heck of it. Whereas that economic cost does not account for the struggle of a crime victim to be made whole or losses that result from being the victim of a crime, including losses of psychological, emotional, and physical well-being. Whereas despite impressive accomplishments between 1974 and 2016 and increasing the rights of and services available to crime victims and survivors and the families of victims and survivors, many challenges remain to ensure All crime victims and survivors and families of the victims and survivors are, one, treated with dignity, fairness, and respect, two, offered support and services regardless of whether the victims and survivors report crimes committed against them, and number three, recognized as key participants within the criminal justice, federal, and tribal justice systems in the United States when the victims and survivors report crimes. Remember that one. It's worth repeating recognized as key participants within the criminal, juvenile, federal, and tribal justice systems in the United States when the victims and survivors report crimes. Whereas crime victims and survivors in the United States and the families of victims and survivors need and deserve support and assistance to help cope with the often devastating consequences of crime. Whereas during each year beginning in 1984 through 2015, Communities across the United States join Congress and the Department of Justice in commemorating National Crime Victim Rights Week to celebrate a shared vision of a comprehensive and collaborative, collaborative response that identifies and addresses the many needs of crime victims and survivors and the families of victims and survivors. Whereas Congress and the President agree on the need for a renewed commitment to serve all victims and survivors of crime in the 21st century, whereas the theme of 2016 National Crime Victim Rights Week, celebrated during the week of April 10th through April 16th, 2016, is serving victims, building trust, restoring hope, and highlights the collaborative and multifaceted effort to provide comprehensive and quality support to survivors. Whereas engaging communities in victim assistance is essential to promoting individual and public safety. Whereas the United States must empower crime victims and survivors. Let me read that one again. Whereas the United States must empower crime victims and survivors by, one, protecting the legal rights of victims and survivors, two, providing the victims and survivors with services to help them in the aftermath of crime, and whereas the people of the United States recognize and appreciate the continued importance of promoting the rights and services for crime victims and survivors, and two, honoring crime victims and survivors as individuals who provide services for the victims and survivors. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the Senate supports the missions and goals of 2016 National Crime Victims' Rights Week, which include increasing individual and public awareness of a. the impact of crime on victims and survivors and the families of victims and survivors, B, the challenges of achieving justice for victims and survivors of crimes and families of the victims and survivors. And C, the many solutions to meet those challenges. And two, recognize that crime victims and survivors and the families of the crime victims and survivors should be treated with dignity, fairness, and respect. That's a resolution passed by the United States Senate a couple weeks ago. Oh, really? That is creating an illusion. That's what politics is. And I say that because the United States Senate is pushing this criminal justice reform bill where the GOP and so-called conservatives are in bed with the Democrats in finding sympathy and empathy for violent career criminals and trying to extend more services to them. This, this ironically, during National Crime Victims Week or month or whatever. They have just created an illusion because they are working feverishly. See, in the United States sentence, all they do is issue a resolution for the victims of crime. That's all they did. They just put forth this resolution. There's nothing attached to this. just creates an illusion. Oh, we support crime victims, and we feel sorry for crime victims. No, they don't. They are working full-time and feverishly. I'm putting forth this criminal justice reform bill and this sentencing reform which is stacked in the favor of criminal defendants, violent criminal defendants. They actually want to pass this legislation. They have opened up the prison doors. Barack Obama is releasing people from federal prisons by the tens of thousands. The states are doing it too. So you... you, You listen to this. When I read this, I almost puked. I said, you people don't believe this. They created an illusion. That's what politics is. They don't care about victims. It's all lip service. Let's put forth this resolution. It'll make it appear. Remember the illusion. Appear that we care about victims of crime. No, they don't. Or the GOP Senate and the House, by the way would not be crawling into bed with these sleazy Republicans. And they wouldn't be ceding the high ground. And not only that, they wouldn't be ceding an issue that they own, law and order, tough on crime. They're giving it away to the Democrats. Why? For this illusion. It's already been said by Mitch McConnell, Senate President, we want to show the American people that we can work together in a bipartisan fashion. An illusion. The Democrats in Congress hate the Republicans. They would slit their throats if they could. I don't just mean politically. I'm going to show you in the next segment what the Congress really feels, minus the illusion. <laughs> David Clark,
1: the People's Sheriff,
0: on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Jay Severin. You don't
2: know what they're going to do. I throw this up because I think it's, I honestly want to know if you have a criticism to offer or a question to ask. I say, I am among we who say, don't talk about the rules. There are no rules. I contend right now, there are no rules. There isn't one rule governing the conduct of this Republican convention.
1: Jay Severin. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern on The Blaze Radio Network.
0: The Blaze Radio Network On Demand. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. In the final segment here, I'm going to demonstrate once again how politics is creating an illusion. I just read a resolution from the Senate, bipartisan, by the way. And remember, anytime the Democrats and Republicans are working together, the American people get screwed. So they create this illusion about concern for the victims of crime during National Crime Victims' Rights Week. But here is how they really feel. This GOP-led Congress. This comes from a piece out of the Conservative Review, and it's, Titled, amnesty Gang Becomes a Gang of Jailbreak. We need comprehensive immigration reform. We need criminal justice reform, they tell us. The similarities between the push for amnesty and the push for prison reduction are endless, both in terms of the policy consequences and the political rhetoric being used to promote those goals. It is now becoming clear that the same political players behind the push for amnesty are now creating this lobby-contrived emergency for prison reduction at all costs. After being stymied by the American people in their endless pursuit of amnesty for illegal aliens, the Gang of Eight has been transformed into the Gang of Jailbreak. I'm hearing that uh, Mark Zuckerberg's amnesty lobby outlet is now going all in for the jailbreak legislation. Last week, Doug Holtz Eakin, one of the most prominent Republican supporters of Amnesty, penned an op-ed in support of the criminal sentencing bill. La Raza already joined the the fight on day one. Given that many of those convicted for federal drug crimes are illegal aliens, it is no surprise the immigration groups would get in on the action. It is no coincidence that late last week Speaker Paul Ryan, who is one of the leading figures in the Amnesty movement, Indicated he'd be moving the jailbreak bill, Senate 2123, in the coming days. The congressional push coincides with the Justice Department's announcement dedicating this entire week to jailbreak and the promotion of criminal rights. You see what I mean about this illusion? They were just talking about victims' rights in the Senate resolution. Well, they just issued a resolution. Now they're feverishly working to pass a bill here for criminal rights. Back to the story. It also comes on the heels of Senator Chuck Grassley, Republican of Iowa, receiving an award from the left-wing American Bar Association for his work on behalf of jailbreak legislation after years of opposing it. Pause for a second. You see what I mean? The Chuck Grassley's in a political fight in Iowa this fall. He's up for re-election. He's concerned about that. So he opposed this legislation for years, but now he gets an award because he supports it. Back to the story. It's also no coincidence that Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe signed an executive order on Friday, restoring voting rights for 206,000 convicted felons. As we've noted before, just like with immigration reform, the end goal of criminal justice reform is creating more Democrat voters. How many times have you heard me say that? Peel the the layers back and what is their true objective of these movements by the left? To create more Democrat voters. That was what gay marriage was about. Back to the piece here. Republicans are squandering an enormous opportunity to draw a sharp contrast with Democrats ahead of November's election. And amazingly, just like with the amnesty fight, Republicans are actually walking the ball into the end zone for the Democrats and expending all their political capital on behalf of the top priority of their opponents. You see what I mean when I say they're committing political suicide? Back to the story here. Just as Obama makes his national push to mainstream violent felons and release them from prison, the RNC passed a resolution at last week's meeting in support of Obama's crime agenda. Obama is a cop hating criminal lover. And the GOP Senate is getting into bed with these sleazy Democrats on this issue. This is mind-boggling. Back to the piece here. This is early 2013 all over again when the RNC's autopsy report drove their maniacal push for amnesty at a time when they should have sided with the overwhelming majority of the con- country in defense of our sovereignty. What is truly tragic is that with rising crime and the need for tougher action against criminals, Republicans are squandering an enormous opportunity to to draw a sharp contrast with Democrats ahead of November's election. Bill Crystal, who was one of the few original amnesty supporters to have learned his lesson, succinctly made his point over the weekend in this tweet. This is from Quist, Bill Crystal. Whoever takes the lead against much of so-called criminal justice reform will be thanked by millions of Americans. Even though everyone is focused on the presidential election, conservatives must call all hands on deck to fight the gang of jailbreak, just like we did with the gang of eight. My congressional sources, this is David Horowitz, have expressed concern to me that the combination of the volatility of the criminal justice issue, the recent spike in violent crime, an overly ambitious bipartisan group of senators, and the shrinking legislative calendar made even smaller due to the presidential election with nomination conventions starting in July, have laid the groundwork for a last-minute product that might get little attention when it is needed most. Quote, this effort to pass comprehensive criminal justice reform has become less about passing a good bill and more about just getting something done so the parties involved can say they got something done, said a source who requested anonymity because of the source's Proximity to bill negotiations. Quote, this is how the worst laws get written, and our side should know better. That's from the source close to the negotiations. That's what this whole thing is about. I've been talking about this incessantly, trying to get you folks to call your congressmen, congresswomen, your senators, And oppose this legislation. This is dangerous policy. They have not thought through the law of unintended consequences. These people know nothing about crime and violence in urban centers at ground level, even suburban centers at at ground level. None of them. This is all politics. This is all creating an illusion. The GOP is being hoodwinked into thinking that some Democrat voters will like them, like Chuck Grassley might need some Democrats in Iowa to get re-elected Senate. And he wants to be able to shop this around all summer. That's why they want to get this done before the summer recess. The people who will pay the highest toll for this dangerous policy are poor and minority black and brown citizens in these crime-infested neighborhoods. What the hell is wrong with the GOP Senate and House? Like I've said, this is what has given rise to Donald Trump. People have had it. Conservatives don't want the GOP-controlled Senate who they gave power to. They don't want them working with the Democrats on Democrat-supported legislation. Don't they get it? Apparently not. That's all the time we have for today. Follow me during the week on Twitter at Sheriff Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E and at thepeoplesheriff.com. God bless you. David Clark, the People's Sheriff on the Blaze Radio Network.